Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. They fit into a gluten-free diet, Mitch and the Professor. Featuring special guest, Matt Center. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. And today we're going to be talking with Matt Center, the CTO and co-founder of Lolly. But before we start talking to Matt, let's take a look at that crypto news from the Crypto Gym. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners, and welcome to the Cryptocurrency News in a flash with the Crypto Gent. Bitcoin falls to $8,700 despite weekend price surge. Back's monthly Bitcoin futures hit all-time high of $15 million. And Bitcoin makes front-page news in China. That's the Cryptocurrency News in a flash with the Crypto Gent, and it's back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, Crypto Gent. Well, Mitch, I don't know about you, but I have not been able to keep up with Twitter today. You know, when you go back to your Twitter account and you see all the notifications, you're like, oh, my God, so you scroll, 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 you know, so um, <laughs> that and all the chats. I mean, the seed room chat has been just incredible. Just that that communication in that room is is crazy. And it seems to be we keep growing. So it's been a good day. It really has. Seriously, there's been so much progress made on the seed cards. Uh, and everything on that front is just. I mean, I'm just continually like, wow, how is this even happening? It's right. crazy. Shout out to Kat, Polly, Trick, Change Angel, all you guys. Everyone. I mean, I'm going to forget. There's 100 people involved in this. That's why like, I just kind of like don't bother with names anymore. because I always start off with names and I'm like, <laughs> shit, why did I start down that path? Exactly. Because <laughs> you know you're going to miss somebody. But no, the, the movement is just, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, literally it's been, I don't I don't think it's been quite a week. I could, it could be a week, but real close to a week Not that that barely. site's been active. And you look at how many seeds have been planted on that map. And it's just like the world map. It's crazy. It's crazy. Obviously the, you know, the Midwest and the Northeast and the United States are just kicking ass, but you know, <laughs> you'll have that. Well, let's not talk about what Montana looks like because that's just, I've been, I've been <laughs> you don't have to worry about <laughs> that. that <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. You might as well just plant seeds in your business every day. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, before we get too far distracted, let's go ahead and bring Matt in. Matt, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Hey, it's good to be here. I'm having a good time. Awesome. We're really glad to have you. We're kind of excited to learn more about Lolly. Uh, we're really stoked that Rebecca hooked us up. Rebecca, thank you so much for putting us together. We're excited about this podcast. It's going to be a fun one. Absolutely. It's pretty neat how quickly uh, Twitter brings people together like that. Oh, man, you are not kidding. That's like the best thing about us having come into this crypto space, at least for me anyway, was the ability to meet so many people that I just would have never had any opportunity to talk to before. You know, it's, it brings people together. And not only that, but I was so surprised at how welcoming and uh, open people are in crypto Twitter, even if they're really engaged and have a massive following and have a hard time keeping up with people, they still like a lot of them make an effort to connect with people no matter what their status is. So it's really cool. Yeah, well, it's all about increasing adoption, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, unfortunately, there's a few people out there that don't uh, seem to, to play well with others. But for the most part, I'm really impressed by this space. What? People in crypto have opinions? Exactly. What's that? <laughs> people in period have opinions. Jeez. I, I don't understand that. I, no opinions allowed. I'm sorry. This is the campfire. We just uh, sticks on our butts. And Well, there's always been that saying, 
you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Some just smell worse than others. I guess. <laughs> exactly. And you always like the smell of your own asshole, you know, no way. that's not, that's not what that's about, is it? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we got way off on that one. Sorry. It's, it's perfect. Just, it's all it's good. Thing, you know, it's, so Matt, let's circle back around real quick before we're already down rabbit holes and we haven't even started. Let's get a background on you. How did you get into crypto? Okay. Um, so it was first brought to my attention um, when I had started my previous company. One of our contractors was really into Bitcoin and he kept trying to explain it to me, explain it to me, but I was busy starting up a company that was not Bitcoin related at the time. So uh, I really didn't pay much attention to it. Always kind of put it on the back burner as something I needed to come back to. Um, and then, uh, let's see, was it two years ago, two and a half years ago, um, my old co-founder, Alex Edelman, and I, uh, after we had left uh, Ebates, um, we started looking back into the space and um, thinking of what we wanted to do next. And I had already started buying stuff, some uh, Bitcoin and stuff. Uh, I do have some alt bags that I keep as lottery tickets. Might as well just put that out there. Um, and then, uh, you know, that one thing led to another. I, I dropped all the Ethereum work I was trying to play around with and decided that Bitcoin was the way forward. And so this that's Lolly kind of spawned out of our little bit of research and collaboration um, that fall. That's awesome. So what, what inspired you to make Lolly into what it is? Like what inspired that vision? Yeah, so we, we really wanted a way to make Bitcoin easily accessible to people. That's something that's always been uh, kind of on the forefront of my mind on anything that I build, it's always got to be useful to non-technical people. It's got to be something that you can easily jump into. And Bitcoin was not that. Um, there's a lot of obvious hurdles that people have to go through to learn Bitcoin in the first place. And then keeping it safe is even a bigger challenge for most people. So it's not, it's, it's always been that kind of uh, basement tech geek kind of, crowd that uh, was the Bitcoin crowd. And we wanted to change that. We wanted to make it into a more global thing. Um, we really wanted to increase adoption. It always comes back to adoption. Um, and then what better way to uh, help people adopt Bitcoin than to just give it to them uh, when they shop online. So, <clears throat> so yeah, we kind of combined our previous experience in commerce and retail and affiliate marketing space and said, well, let's just match this together with Bitcoin. And here we are. Beautiful. Love it. It's kind of like saying you give somebody a discount, basically, so to speak, right? I mean, yeah, and in this case, the discount just appreciates in value over time. Right, uh, right, <laughs> exactly. It's not just taking a price off of something, but you're actually getting value in return. Exactly. That could potentially be more value than what the discount was or what the amount was initially. So, no, I, I like the I like the thought of that. And and speaking of adoption. Um, have you, have you been on Twitter much, Matt? Have you seen what's going on with these, with these seeds and the seed cards? And so I, I have not, I was just looking, I was Googling the seed thing when you were talking about it in the intro there okay. and I could not find it. What is, what is going on? If you go to, if you go to change angel IO, all right. And pull up, pull up their website and you look on their website and you'll see a spot where it says, uh, there's a, at the, towards the bottom, if you scroll down, um, you'll see where it says seed planning, or it'll say plant a seed. Mm -hmm. And then you can bring up an interactive map and you can literally take a seed card, which is a, a basically a information card. So like we use Litecoin ones um, and they have a QR code on them 
Um, Mr. Trick has made a website as well where you can actually download seed cards. So you could download uh, Bitcoin seed cards, which once you scan that QR code, it brings up information about Bitcoin or brings up information about Litecoin or whatever project it pertains to. And then also gives a little background about crypto. So when it comes to informing people that are unaware, you know, you put these seeds out. And so somebody walks by and says, huh, Litecoin, take, you know, be your own bank. What's this mean? So they'll look into it, right? Because everybody wants to understand what that means. Be your own bank. Wait, you know, take power, right? So they look into that and then it just, it's just a source of putting out information and these seeds can turn into plantings of, of productivity and growth just by spreading that knowledge. And That's by cool, that interactive man. map, you know, every time you plant a seed somewhere, you can actually mark it on that map and you'll tag it to your tweet of the seed that you planted, the photograph of the seed that you planted. And so when anybody touches on one of those markings, it'll actually bring up who planted that seed and, it, and you can, it'll take you to the link of the uh, actual tweet that was put out when that seed was planted. So it's, it's really fun. And you look at worldwide, how many seeds have been planted. It's just, it's insane. Yeah, this is neat. So wait, so the, the markers come up when you plant it or when somebody scans the QR code? When you plant the seed. So when okay. the seed is planted, the, you know, it's shown on that map. So like if you blow it up um, and zoom in on a seed and like if you were on your phone if, or if you have a touch screen, you can actually touch that or click on that, that marker and it'll bring up uh, planted by uh, Clint Westwood. And, you know, it should have a link to that tweet that he put out. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and we were talking with Change Engine this morning a little bit um, about the idea of building in functionality so that people could scan a QR code on the seed itself um, and mark that on the map. So there could be some some acknowledgement when people are actually picking them up and interacting with them. Yeah, that's what right. I thought you meant right. at first. That's, that was the first impression I got. Because that would be cool to see how many people are actually like, following through with them yeah exactly it's an evolution right so i mean this this whole map and this whole i mean the the planting of the seeds started by um red cat life oh god what probably months ago anyways and you know it's evolved right and just recently this over the last week change angel has come into the picture built this interactive map and the amount of people doing it have just increased dramatically. And it's, it's really crazy how fast it's become um, adopted, so to speak, you know, and being able to evolve. Right. So that that's the next step. I would think right now we're just showing where the crops are all planted and how many crops are being planted, how many seeds are being dropped. And then, you know, further on down the line here, we get more development in the, platform or in the program so to speak where you can do that you know people can actually go to that seed with their qr code and write a story about it or you know their experience from it so pretty cool yeah it is really cool well it kind of ties back into what matt was saying at the beginning of this about twitter connecting people you know i mean yes it was it was cat's tweet about planting seeds followed by polly's suggestion in a tweet followed by change angel reply to that tweet and said, okay, we're making the website right now. <laughs> I mean like all in a tweet thread, like it's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, Matt, I'm kind of wondering uh, beyond Lolly, what other projects have you found interesting? Not necessarily stuff that you're working on, 
um, and not necessarily tokens per se, but like what applications of blockchain are you seeing that are kind of intriguing you at this point? Oh gosh, that's a good, well, I heard of this uh, seed thing. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> it, it I, I, I would say so i would agree <laughs> i'd say that's probably the top of the charts today <laughs> you know um so i i guess my big thing is anything that has to do with um making it a better user experience i think that's where my my favorite part of building out this space is at is anybody that's making it easier to onboard people or just use like uh, some of the nicer wallets that just make it really easy to use uh, very nice uh, graphical interfaces um, again taking it from that you know typing in a shell to making it a very usable experience for the common person and I still think we have a long way to go for a lot of those things but um, yeah, yeah another good one is Casa uh, I like Casa. They're actually uh, near me down here in North Carolina, and um, yeah, that's it's a great team, and they've got a great product. It's very good user experience, and yeah, anything right. that has to do with UI UX in the crypto space is one of my favorite things right now. That's really key. It's it's incredibly essential right now is building those high level abstractions that give people options of interacting with something on a level that they're comfortable with. So um, I, I love any project that's working on that. I'd have to agree with you on that one. There's there's so much great tech right now. It's just so hard to use, you know? Yeah, I think uh, that was, that actually kind of bugged me. And when I was, I mentioned I was tinkering with Ethereum back then and it bugged me that kind of the overarching theme was, oh, I'm going to make a distributed app of this and that's going to be the selling point. I'm like, no, nope, nobody cares. Nobody in the mainstream <laughs> cares. So, right. um, you know, until you can make people actually able to use this, it's not going to be much of anything. So. Ease of use, fun of use, having it, having um, participation, um, you know, user involvement outside of just looking at something, I think is a big thing, uh, like the gaming aspect of it, or, you know, the, the, the other side of the gaming is the gambling aspect of it, where you got the um, interactive sites that you can, you know, uh, gamble coins, you know, people like to do that, right? Casino mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so you got that. So it's interactive. And then you have other other projects that that are utility projects that use their tokens for interactive interaction and build their own little economy their own little uh ecosystem so to speak and and that makes it more fun for people you know so you know that and i think um positive energy on twitter and and positive interaction on twitter is huge for the space if somebody comes into twitter and sees you know oh that's a scam or you guys are a scam or this and that and sees negativity i i wouldn't necessarily i i kind of shied away from it at first but then yeah. i embraced it and said well, i'm going to change this <laughs> yeah it's um i really do like twitter for that because especially like you mentioned the community is very positive um i think it's very accepting of newcomers i mean like us we were we were newcomers to the space we came in and we made we built a pretty good following on Twitter at this point. And um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a great channel for us. So Matt, I learned today that Mark Cuban claims he would rather have bananas versus that. Bitcoin. I, I saw that. that. <laughs> what, what do you think about that? Um, do you like so bananas my, that much? My first, yeah, I do. I love bananas that much. <laughs> uh -oh. But um, my, first, my first thought was, though, don't, don't his Mavericks accept Bitcoin? Like that was the first thing that popped right. into my mind. And exactly. I think that's something that's happening. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw that story. I've heard that. Um, 
Yeah. I can't confirm, but I know I saw the I know I saw a headline at least at some point yeah, about that. Yeah, that, that was a rumor. So I was, was I was like, like, wait, isn't this guy doesn't like he doesn't like Bitcoin, right? Why is his team accepting it? So it's funny you have him come around and, and now make this exotic claim. <laughs> well, I don't know if either of you if either of you caught Bitcoin Ben's um live stream yesterday, but that was one of the major um shout outs was to was to him about the banana thing and he's like really really what about the conversation i had with your aide on top of the building in vegas on the rooftop and you're gonna sit here and tell us that you're not into bitcoin really (laughs) (laughs) you know so it was it was pretty crazy and it's funny when people actually get cornered in their own bullshit that they want to put out there for whatever reason it's because he's getting really close to liquidation on bitmex (laughs) oh yeah Okay. He's trying to drive that price back down. His his shorts not performing as well as he like. Well, right, it, could be, right. it could be reverse psychology, right? He could just be like, could I'm going to use my influence be. to say something, you know, a little bit divisive and it's going to drive people to to do it more. And then, you know. Right. You know, that's say, a good point hey, too. Possible. You know, we like to poke at people that, that are hating on Bitcoin, but at the same time, um, reason. the general public loves to go against the grain and they really don't like agreeing with what people say on the internet anymore. It's, we're kind of getting that like for a while, we just would go with anymore. everything we read on the internet. And, and now the opposite is like, well, you know what I mean? But like a lot of people are, are they, like you say, it's that reverse psychology that you, you get on there and you start trashing on Bitcoin at the very least, you're going to get the word out is that it kind of goes back to the bad publicity is still yeah, there's no yeah, there's no publicity thing. yeah no no bad publicity that's what it is right yeah. right exactly so it kind of kind of goes back to that and you start getting that these people out there hating on bitcoin there's inevitably going to be people out there that hate it obviously but a lot of them are going to hear about it and then look into it and then like us they're going to find that wow this is much more than what this idiot saying on the internet <laughs> um wow i'm hooked so yeah yeah we'll hook them by any means possible say or do yep. anything get them in get them into the family and then they'll be converts there you go there you <laughs> exactly. go exactly <laughs> time crazy up wait part. what i got it <laughs> <laughs> right uh so if you were to pick um the most influential person that you've seen or personality that you've interacted with on twitter who would it be and why oh my gosh that's a that's a really good question there's a lot of really good tweeters out there, there in the space. Um, there is definitely. I, I'm I'm very partial to Marty Bent. Um he always has some stuff, some enlightening stuff to say. Um gosh. Yeah, I mean that's going to be my answer just just for the, for the topmost. I love okay. that because when when that question gets asked and somebody says somebody that I know, that's great. But when it's somebody that I don't know, I get intrigued and I'm excited. Like, okay, I got to go follow this guy. Right. You're writing missing? it down as they're talking. Marty, <laughs> shit, can you repeat that? <laughs> I'm going to look that up. Do you got his Twitter handle? <laughs> but, but seriously, yeah. If you want to, if you want to say his Twitter handle, we can, we can plug that in the description. You know what? I don't, I'm going to look and see if I know his Twitter handle. <laughs> we, we can always I, look I know, it up I know him by his actual name. Oh, uh, there you go. Oh, it's Marty Ben. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Awesome. We'll have to check him out. Definitely. So you can solve a Rubik's Cube, I understand. Yeah, I can. Or I nice. have. It's been a while, but yeah. Where did yeah, you get same that? here. Uh, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> oh. My, my research department found some okay. interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we do some digging, bud. We do some digging. <laughs> I hope there's not too much that uh, you don't want to talk about because we got some pretty deep shit here. 
I do a regular, I do a regular audit of my uh, vanity searches. So I'm excellent. <laughs> good. Good. Hopefully we caught everything just before the last audit. We'll be good to go. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll be running for president anytime soon. Or maybe I can. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, yeah, with the current climate, like <laughs> there's not much limitations these days. No. Yeah. Um, so, no, the Rubik's Cube thing, like, it just kind of, that was like my thing for a while back in the day. I haven't solved Rubik's Cube in a long time, but I used to do tech support over the phone. And that was when I learned to solve a Rubik's Cube because I just couldn't stand sitting there listening to people try to find the button that I was trying to convince them really did exist. So I learned to solve the Rubik's Cube and I would just sit there and do it over and over and over and over again on the phone with these people. And um, it's kind of been a, a forgotten thing for me, but it's, I think, I think this is inspiring me to find my old Rubik's Cube and get back into it. Yeah, it's, um, it actually brought me, I, I used it kind of like self therapy because um, I had always to solve a Rubik's cube, but um, never really sat down and figured it out. And then I was I was in a really kind of dark mental place at one point, very 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 sad, and felt it was under my control. And then I figured, well, if I could solve a Rubik's cube, that would be completely under my control. So I just sat there and played with it, and played with it, and played with it, and played. And my wife probably did not like how much I sat there and played with it, but um, yeah, eventually solved it, and then just started doing it over and over again, and. Uh, then I think she bought me a speed cube for Christmas. And so I tried to do it as fast as I could. And then I, I've got a four by four around here somewhere, but I still oh, nice. haven't solved that one. I haven't, had, I haven't had a lot of time to sit down and do that one yet. You know, when I worked there, there was like five guys who were super into Rubik's cubes. And there was one, one in particular, um, his name was Ivan. And he had just pretty much like all the different types of Rubik's cubes, or at least many of them. He had an eight by eight that he could solve. I don't remember what his time was, but he would solve that thing like in a day at least. And I mean, it would blow me away. This guy was brilliant. He could solve any, any of them that you could, you could throw at him. I never got the four by four. I couldn't figure it out. Um, what I did get was the triangle. The, I, I say triangle, but the oh, pyramid, yeah. the pyramid. Yep. And I only did, I only got that one because uh, that guy gave me a hint and he said, just try to solve it like the three by three. And for a minute I was like, well, I mean, it doesn't really work. But then when you start doing it and you do all the, all the same algorithms, but like, like you were doing it for three points instead of four or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it all kind of like fell into place. And I was so happy. I, could, I only did it once. I could never do it again. <laughs> I, I tried and tried and tried and I couldn't, but it felt really good. Well, there's always that one magic turn that takes you from you know, the first part to the last part. And unless you can get yep. that last, that one little thing. And- yeah, I um, I wanted to do that. Uh, I wanted to figure out like if there was a pattern between the three and the four because I figure at some point there's got to be some you know, the algorithms are going to be similar just right. with you know different numbers or number of turns or something. And I just haven't had the time to sit down and play with the four by four enough. We used to just pull the stickers off and make them. Like- <laughs> 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 Look, I did it! I did it! <laughs> you know well, that reminds me. Uh, my. Uh, I was just going to say, my speed cube, you can actually take the cube apart in order to oil the gears or whatever in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so my my kids would rip the squares off. And so (laughs) there is a way to put them back on incorrectly so that it is not solvable. Oh, wow. What am I doing wrong? (laughs) (laughs) So your son made his own iPad. How how, how old was he? And, and, you know, what what did this thing actually, he made it with what? Um, so this was the, you talking about the tweet I just did the other day with a little drawing. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he just he just drew uh, his own little iPhone with his favorite apps on it. And um he's eight. Um so they're always they're always talking about Lolly and trying to do things with Bitcoin. And you know, they'll even speak up sometimes and say, if I'm buying something online, they're like, Hey, are you getting Bitcoin back? Which makes me makes me melt. <laughs> I just love that's it. awesome right? that's awesome yeah. mitch you might be thinking about the the light bright one yeah that's what i was looking at the light bright is what i was referring to nice nice right he made his there's a light bright that's it's it's got a picture of it it looks like <laughs> I, i'm trying to figure it out it, it's kind of it's, it's different <laughs> mitch is looking at the research doc going like what the yeah <laughs> it's uh <laughs> What is it's this? a it's a light bright that's just got the little pegs in it that glows and it says uh, son made his own iPad and says that's the lolly banner in the top right. Oh yeah, oh, yep, there it is. I just searched for it. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> Sorry, my kids do a lot of goofy things and I just they don't register with me sometimes. But yeah, I yeah. totally remember that now. You got three boys, right? Yep, three boys. Same here. I got three boys and it's uh <laughs> it's interesting. It's so much fun though. I wouldn't change it for uh, the world. Yeah, no, I'd change it a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> how old are they? Slight are they, adjustments. Are they yeah. in their team yet? No, no, no. Uh, eight is the oldest, five, and okay. then uh, not quite two. Oh, the fun has not even begun. Oh man, that, that's oh, like Lord. I have five, eight, and eleven right now. So okay, so you're like, just like three. It's like the same thing, but I'm just shifted by like yeah. two or three. <laughs> it's it's a good time though. Yeah, they uh, there's never a dull moment. Let's just put it that way. There's always something <laughs> happening. Not it's always something you want to be happening, but there's always right? something happening. Stitches, yeah, always, bloody noses. I was about to say, yeah, there's always violence of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. All that testosterone coming into play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we actually wanted a girl you. every time, and every time we got a boy. I guess it's my fault. That's funny. <laughs> so at what point did you say, okay, we're done? <laughs> or are you not well, yet? I don't know. That might not be a conversation for here. So <laughs> no, I mean we, we bring it up every now and again, and we, we kind of say to each other, you know, if, if we could guarantee that it was a girl, we would we'd probably do a fourth. But you know what? Um, we've, we've had an exact conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, there's plenty of techniques these days. It's it's possible. I might have to go to Mexico, but <laughs> hey, well, you, you know. know. We're making that harder. Well, <laughs> That's right. To come back anyway. We won't get into that. <laughs> the political world is interesting right now. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, so you know what's cool about that, though? I, you know, I, don't, I know we don't want to get political, but I was just going to point out something that's really cool about Bitcoin in the crypto space is it spans all of the political spectrum. Like you find everybody with every opinion from left to right in you know, crypto Twitter and Bitcoin Twitter. And that's somehow, true. Somehow they all seem to get along for the most part, as long as we don't talk about politics. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just because everybody's really good at everybody realizes that it's a big mixture and that you're going to really piss off a lot of people if you start spewing politics on crypto Twitter that which I mean, sometimes that's good. Like in politics, you got to piss people off. Otherwise, you're not going to yeah. you're not going to get anywhere. That's that's how it works. But but when you're all trying to work together and, and build something that's every once in a while, you can see some spats here and there. But yeah, everybody does a pretty good job at kind of keeping it under control for the most part. I've just never seen something divide a nation so deeply as politics has. It, it's yeah, it, well, what it's Lincoln just say, a house, divi uh, house divided upon itself cannot stand. Yeah, Something like that. yeah, exactly. Know? I'm going to write that down. House divided cannot stand. I think that's what it is. Um, a house, you were right. A house divided amongst itself cannot stand. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's one of those, I, politics has always bothered me in a way because like I, 
you know, I obviously have my own opinions on politics and I feel strongly about my political opinions, but um, I've, I've just really had a hard time with like how people truly get like, like really angry at each other and yeah. have real hatred yeah. for each other just because of differences in opinion. It's like, can't yeah. we, can't we it's agree to like logically families. have conversations about stuff these days? We can't, nobody, everybody just hates you. You're, you're a piece of shit if you don't agree with them, regardless of what side it is. So it's just politics are a funny thing. So is Bitcoin, really. If you're talking to your family and they don't understand it, you're the outcast, man. It's brutal. It's worse than talking politics. After 15 minutes, I got to leave the room because I'll just keep going. <laughs> it's horrifying. Most of my family is just like, yeah, okay, that's great. No. Yeah. yeah, right. Thanks. You try to get them in and you try to get them to do it. They just think you're crazy. Yeah. Minor Living detail. Living a fantasy. Living a fantasy. <laughs> But it's a good fantasy, though. I mean, the future is going to be crazy. Do you do you have any uh, crazy conspiracy theories, Matt, for what the future looks like? Whether it's AI or oh, uh, blockchain taking over, any weird uh, sci-fi theories? Well, obviously, AI is going to take over. I mean, that's just inevitable. For so sure. we're, we've got kind of a conflict at this point because I was just my wife pointed out an NPR uh, interview this morning or or spot this morning about. Um, uh, anti-aging pills so we're going to have this kind of race to to stay older or live longer at the same time our robots are going to be overtaking us so what's the point of living longer because they're just going to enslave us longer so um <laughs> yeah I, I don't know it's kind Crazy. of a conflict if if, if we do want to live forever we're going to have to somehow outthink the robots and i just I don't see that happening i just it's going to be robots robots are going to win Man. you know have you uh have you read any ray kurzweil stuff anything about the singularity that kind of no, I mean, I know of it, but I haven't read anything directly of his. Yeah, I haven't recently. Uh, so so the, my reference points here are from his older material, but um, a lot of it based on the singularity being the point in time where we must integrate with technology or be right. overcome by it. It's and pretty much exactly like, what you're saying, right? So Yeah, and didn't he estimate like a 2040 or something like that? It's something like that. It was in the 2040 yeah. something, 2046 or something. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not far away, you know? Yeah um from from his estimate but well i mean you look at the stuff we've got now that you could, just couldn't even imagine 10 years ago so we've got all the ar stuff happening now and then we, what is that right. it's like enhanced vision um or you know augmented vision uh, yeah and how and, much of that's only happened in the last what five years so yeah exactly yeah, and what's so like what are the next 20 going to bring you know we're we're evolving exponentially right and of course there's you know you can only go so high and then you have a reset with your paradigm shifts but i mean we're right at the knee of the curve and things are about to take off and we're going to see some shit that we really truly only believe would be sci-fi i think yeah. yeah well i mean i mean even the things we have now we thought were sci-fi like 20 30 right. years ago seriously well, that's I mean, true look at i mean this, look at if, you, if you went back even 20 years in time like you don't have to go way back to when people didn't even know what a TV was. If you just go back 20 years and showed somebody a smartphone from today, they would just be blown away. You know, they, they, they wouldn't be able to believe it. And I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. Like some of the stuff that we have, once, once we get AI integrated and you have blockchains running a lot of stuff where, you know, you have these fully tokenized ecosystems and machine to machine transactions and things, it's just going to flow so smoothly and everything is going to be just stuff that just happens. Um, Think about think about this for a second. Texting and driving. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why are we texting and driving? I hate that. That's like a huge pet peeve of mine. If it you is. Do that, I'm, I'm not getting in the car with you if you do that. Exactly. But but on a deeper level, 
why are we texting and driving? Not like, why are we doing this when we shouldn't be, but why is it a thing? Right. It's because why why we, are we compelled to like communicate with people? Right. Yeah. Because previously when we were driving, we didn't have a way to continue working. We were just driving. That was the thing that we had to do because we didn't have the technology to allow us to sit there in our car and keep working. Right. Okay. So now technology has evolved. We now have this new ability, but the other side of tech, the automobile slash road systems, et cetera, have not evolved fast enough to keep up with that change. Yeah. So now the next step, once we have like fully automated cars and things like that, where you just go out and you jump in your uh, driverless Uber and go to work, now you're capitalizing on that extra tech because the other one has caught up. So you have these like leapfrog effects where one tech will exceed the other one and then you get these these clashes and issues. But um, man, the future is going to be, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of that weird stuff happening in the future, I think. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to have all this weird magical internet money too. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, magic internet money is the best thing to happen to the internet so far. <laughs> to mankind. So Matt, what do you, what is your stance on, um, on using cryptocurrencies for what they're intended for? Like uh, Bitcoin, Litecoin, et cetera, and, and actually using them to purchase things. Cause there's, there's this big movement happening that, you know, we're, we're using speeding apps and all these different apps are coming out and you know, you can use Bitcoin and Litecoin and uh, Digibyte and stuff to buy airline tickets. Um, you can use them in what at Ford dealerships, uh, automobile dealerships. There's one in Oklahoma. There's a couple in the Northeast. Um, now that you can actually use crypto, what are your thoughts on, on using it and, and for what it's intended for? And then I want to, kind of twist that into um, the tax purposes of this convert of that topic, so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's irrelevant. I don't think it, we don't need to be spending cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. We don't, it's just not anything that needs to happen right now. I people are doing it. And it's great. I love that people are out there trying different things with it, but honestly, there's no reason to spend it. Um, everyone should be holding it. Uh, it's not, I mean, would you take your mutual fund and buy uh, airline tickets with it. No. Um, right now it's about acquiring, growing over time, uh, increasing that value, increasing adoption. And you don't increase adoption by making, allowing people to spend it when it's this incredibly valuable asset. Um, you just want people to keep gaining it, uh, earning it. And I guess it, I guess it all depends on how you, how you view the asset, right? Because, um, in that, in that context in which you just spoke, you, you view it as an asset instead of a currency that is basically meant to replace the typical currencies of today, right? The worthless fiat that's controlled by uh, centralized governments versus a product or a digital currency such as Bitcoin that's not centralized and that has no central control. Um, and ultimately value of currency is what we deem it to be, right? Right. Yeah. And I think long term, it will, it will still approach that. Um, it will become the de facto currency for the, the entire world. Uh, I, just, I just think it's a long way off and it's irrelevant at this point to enable people to spend it because there's not a lot of places you can spend it. You've got one or two here and it's a great little gimmick to attract customers to your uh, store or to your app. Um, but it's, you know, talk to any number of people and ask them if they like spending Bitcoin versus earning it. I think most people are going to want to earn it um, because it's like you could spend it, you know, Bitcoin pizza, right? Uh, you could spend it and then suddenly that, that thing you bought is worth 
ten thousand dollars <laughs> right in a couple of months and it, i mean that's the that's like a huge uh, uh buyer's remorse right there of just i shouldn't have done that and you right. shouldn't I, I think you should well, just be acquiring I mean, as much of it as possible sure and every trader is going to tell you uh you need to take profits right Basically, sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're doing trading though, yeah, I mean, that's a different industry completely. Like if you're just wanting to, yeah, if you're wanting to make some money off of the volatility and you want to trade when it's high, you want to sell and buy, buy when it's down low again and just kind of keep trading that funnel. That's, that's a different industry completely. So uh, that's sure, just all speculation. Sure. We're, we're in it for the long haul. Um, we exactly. won't see this at, yeah, it's in the hodl, the whole hodl phenomenon, I guess, of, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it does right now. It's great. I'm glad people are able to make money off the volatility and that kind of thing. But um, it's really in the, in the long run when it replaces everything and or at the very least becomes the world's reserve currency. Um, you know, it, that's that's the end game and that's what matters. Right. Um, I don't know. You know, I guess, you know, and I, I, I get where you're coming from and I uh, I agree with with your with your stance on it. Um, and I, I look at it in a, in a multitude of ways. You know, I, I believe we should hold it to a point. I believe we should uh, acquire it. Um, but then another view of mine is, you know, if, it, if indeed it is a currency and, you're, you know, the intent is to replace the fiat dollar, um, what about, you know, getting it into circulation, so to speak, between merchants? Um, and now these merchants actually have this opportunity to start paying their employees and paying for things with it. Um, isn't that how it would evolve even quicker? And with as fast as technology grows nowadays, do you really see it as that far off? Um, yeah, I still do because I think the ability for retailers to actually accept it as a method of payment is probably the long pole. Um, and that's going to be critical to people actually wanting to use it as a currency. It's like, well, I mean, you could pay me in Bitcoin all you want, but you know, unless i'm i'm holding it for an investment for long term uh you know well beyond this point where we adopt it as a, a an actual currency in store um you're going to be waiting a long time for the big retail brands of the world even to come around and start opening up crypto terminals in at the checkout line um it's just a huge change like there's so much that has to change from a technology perspective and from a business perspective that it's it's like moving it's like steering an iceberg um, there's just a lot that has to be done to get a retailer to do that, which is, which is, again, I mean, I, I, this always, always comes back to our lolly pitch, but you know, the retailers don't have to do anything for Bitcoin, uh, with lolly. Like we just turn it on and they're, they're going, they, they're doing Bitcoin rewards and they didn't have to do anything. So there's a lot less friction and it's a lot easier to grow that type of business and increase adoption through that type of business, uh, versus enabling people to pay. So Matt, with your experience at Ebates and obviously Lolly, you've got quite a bit of experience dealing with retailers. What do you see that seems to be the biggest hurdle or, or hurdles that retailers are, or excuse me, maybe I should say that the crypto space is facing with being ready for retailers to actually take that on? Like, what do we need to fix before that becomes a possibility? Uh, what do we need to fix? Um, well, do you remember recently? I mean, I'm sure you do remember, but recently we had the uh, payment wars with uh, Apple Pay and uh, what was that thing called? Currency. Um, everybody wanted their own type of pay, and there's Chase Pay. I think there's even a Coles Pay. There's all these different pays, and you know, I, I guess we still haven't really seen a clear winner. We've got Samsung Pay and Apple Pay that are pretty much neck and neck, I think. Um, but when you're fragmenting the uh, 
methods of payment, um, it, it, it increases exponentially the amount of work that each retailer has to do. Um, so one, adding one new payment method will exponentially increase uh, the resources they'll need to support it. Uh, so I think in that regard, just retailers wanting to spend the money, because they've got to spend the money on it before they get the demand, right? So it's a, it's a two-sided marketplace. If, if users don't have it and want to spend it, then they're not going to, the retailer's not going to build it to accept it. So the retailers kind of have to take the initiative here and say, okay, uh, yeah, we think this is a good idea just because we think this is a good idea. So we're going to invest this many million dollars or billion dollars or whatever into revamping our entire payment system and our whole, and all of our operations. And we're going to hire extra legal. Um, we're going to do all the stuff that's necessary in order to accept Bitcoin in the hopes that people will come into our store and actually use it. And if they're able to maintain that over time, then yeah, we'll have that two-sided marketplace kind of fleshing itself out and people will say, oh, I'll start going to, you know, Target if they start accepting Bitcoin and I'll do that instead of going to Kohl's or to Walmart. And then the other stores will, will jump in, you know, the free market will take over at that point, but somebody's got to do it first, right? Somebody's got to jump in and spend the investment in being the one that's going to take the loss. Like somebody's got to be the loss leader in it. Right. I, I see what you're saying there too. You know, when, when retailers have to implement so many different individual methods, that's a big problem. Um, but now this is also kind of a thing like before where you have a, a certain type of technology leapfrogging the other. Um, and what we're looking at here is we've got different types of payment options um, that have grown faster than the payments option management industry, if you will, um, you know, payment processors, things like that. So let's think ahead a little bit when we have uh, all, you know, these major payment processors that most of the retailers are using, when they build integrations to accept crypto and the retailer literally does nothing else other than receive dollars in their bank account and their payment processor handles all the rest of it on the front end. How does that change that for you? No, that's, I think that's a great abstraction. That's, that's a good first step. That's a better first step than the one I was describing. Cause that, yeah, that's uh, makes it easy on, but then again, they're beholden to those companies though. Uh, so just like they are now. So the credit cards of the world kind of have a stranglehold on retail. Um, you know, they, they determine what the fees are. You don't really get to negotiate them except maybe a little bit by volume. And so, you know, you can actually reduce those fees significantly if you just cut the card uh, managers out of the equation and go straight to crypto. So your real value add is going to be when you remove those card companies from the equation completely and you're doing your own direct, essentially banking. So you know, a retail store becoming its own bank is like an individual becoming its own bank. Um, right. So exactly. you're, not pay, you're not paying Visa 2.9% for every transaction. You're, that's, you're going to make billions of dollars more every year. Um, but you've got to be able to get to that point. You've got to be able to, to wean yourself off of the card market. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, like you say, that's why it's a great first step. You know, you, you get that integration, those, those payment processors will now be accepting crypto at that point. Um, and then as the, the card issuers and things like that start to fall apart and fall off, you still have the retailers not having to deal with much change because their payment processor handles that change and that turnover. And they're still just receiving dollars in their bank account as time goes on. So, you know, it's that first step, getting it in there and getting it, uh, into the key system so that it can stay there as long as it proves successful. Yeah, but there's far fewer people that could take that first step. I mean, there's only what four major card companies in the US and then 
Oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of work that's going to go in. I mean, we're certainly yeah. we've got a long ways before we start seeing mass adoption on retail. I certainly don't think this is something that we're going to see even within five years. You know, we've got there's there's a lot, but and, and it's almost a conflict of interest for them to do it, right? Because if they if they start enabling people to accept crypto, then they may summon their own demise over time. Right, and that's why you'll see a lot of the smaller ones start that, like like Johnny Litecoin's uh, what Alliant Payment Systems, I think. Um, they've processed cards and all that too, but they've, you know, they've integrated crypto and they're, they're working there. So you'll see a lot of the smaller ones start to kind of take that risk. And um, maybe they're not at so much of a loss if they start doing it. Cause obviously Visa is not going to see them and have issues right, with it or right. anything like that, you know? So as, as, as that becomes more prevalent, then we start to see more adoption and, and more usage. And then, you know, the, obviously you start doing something and the bigger companies will see it and then they'll follow. If they see there's a profit opportunity, they're going to jump on it once the risk is low enough to make it worth it. So the question is, you know, is that going to be five years, 10, 20? We don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait till I go into a, a Target or whatever and just use my watch like I do with Apple Pay right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, that's, those abstractions are key and, and we're getting there, you know, just a little bit at a time. It takes a lot of work, but, you know, we're, we're still early. We're still small. The crypto space is still small in comparison to the rest of the digital, you know, the e-commerce totally. world. So, yeah, just tiny. <laughs> Oh, when you look at the financial markets of the world, it's it's minute. I mean, it's like almost the smallest, is it not? Microscopic. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So Matt, what's the best flavor of ramen? Best flavor of ramen. Uh so that would have to be shrimp. I would agree with you. Ooh, I, I love the shrimp, especially if you get a little bit of uh sriracha, put a little sriracha in it. Oh yeah, yeah I've never done that. No. It's pretty good. It's all just flavored salt. So exactly. And, and yeah. Anything salty, salty soup, salty broth. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, only in crypto, right? Ramen. It's good for you. So Matt, I, I ask this question a lot and I'd like to ask you, sir, if you could have any superpower in the world, to do whatever it is that you desire to do, what would, what would your superpower be and what would you use it for? Oh my gosh. I, you know, I, you would think I would have an answer for this right off the cuff because I have three boys and they always run around the house with superpowers. And <laughs> any one of those, I guess I could co-op, but um, let's see. Like, so this is, this almost reminds me of that X-Files episode where Mulder gets the genie and wishes for <laughs> world right. peace. What would I do? Um, let's see. I, it's got to be flight, man. I, I just I have dreams about flying and just the ability to defy gravity would be amazing. Cool. That'd be so fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The, the one thing I'd be scared of is that I defy it too much and fly off into space and then die. But like this is true. I used to have an irrational fear of falling up and just like going out into a big empty field. I was afraid I would fall up into the sky and just fall into space. Um, so I got over that, but you know, at the same time, if I'm flying, I still would probably feel that a little bit of, you know, I'm, I'm breaking the rules of physics here. I'm, I'm probably going to pay the price for this. <laughs> no, it's, it's not really going to be that far off. I don't think, uh, I mean, do you, do you think that like teleportation is something that's like impossible? Uh, I, no, I think it's possible. I think it's it's not going to be like you see on Star Trek, though. I think you're gonna it's going to be tearing down of your entire body into nothing and rebuilding your body from new materials on the other end. 
And then who are you? Are you the person that was destroyed or the person that comes out the other side? Right. Yeah. This reminds me of, uh, this takes me back to like Eric Drexler days in the late eighties and the engines of creation book, um, concept of atomic assemblers and disassemblers that can, uh, basically do just that at the atomic level. You know, you can, if you can take atoms apart and rearrange them, you can build any molecule you want. Yep. Yep. And then if you, we'd have to crack, we'd have to crack infinite energy, obviously. We'd oh, sure. To, it's not yeah. like it's an easy, uh, you know, yeah. Really fun, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but the po- I think the possibility exists, right? And that's the totally. Oh yeah, absolutely. With the right amount of energy, you can, you can do anything. Does that collider that I've, I don't know that much about it. I'm not that big into the science realm. CERN, CERN. stuff like that. But the 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 collider is is that not going to be the source of infinite energy if they can? I forget what it was. Someone was telling me about that, and I, I struggle with remembering. You mean if they accidentally make a black hole? Um, <laughs> well, it was supposed to. It's actually supposed to. They're supposed to be able to create this infinite form of energy based on. The collision, yeah, it's way over my head. So I'll just stop right there. Um. <laughs> no, it sounds cool. I love that stuff. That'd be sweet, though. Um, you know that, like, so the assemb- the atomic assemblers and disassemblers. We had this conversation with Paul McNeil uh, briefly, yeah. but the concept of the future of like three D printing, if you will, um, and basically just being able to say, okay, print me a hamburger, you know, or whatever, because you can assemble atoms, you can do whatever the hell you want which also is incredibly dangerous. And I mean, obviously you're not going to just print yourself a cheeseburger, but you know, it's again, that sci-fi extrapolation of that type of technology is, is intriguing to say the least. And I'm really curious to see like where it, how close it can get, you know, like how close can we get to that kind of stuff? Like the Star Trek replica. Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Simpsons, you know, and about the, the relativity to some of those cartoons from back in the eighties I mean, if you look back at the, and I was just hearing about this the other day, you look back at some of the episodes in one episode, they had president Trump as (laughs) Donald Trump being the president. Right. I mean, think about that. And then there was multiple other things, uh, little uh, innuendos and, and stuff that was used back then that have actually happened today. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That that whole synchronicity thing. Those are fun to watch. Sometimes I'll dive into YouTube and just watch a bunch of synchronicity videos. And, you know, I don't take any, I don't take any of it too, too seriously, but they're a lot, they're really entertaining. One of my favorite ones was about like how back to the future predicted 9-11 or something like that. um, They just go all out explaining how these movies predict all of these things. And it's a lot of fun to watch, but um, sure. No, I, I think sure. I think what you're probably seeing though is that with something like The Simpsons is more of they're so in tune with pop culture because that's like their job is to right critique and satirize everything that is pop culture. So the, the zeitgeist is them; like they do everything that you could think of, and so they just kind of extrapolate as creative writers. They extrapolate on that and they get to a point where they're like, "Oh, this would probably happen. This would probably happen," and then it turns right. out it does happen. So. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's exciting. YouTube rabbit holes can last many many hours. Oh, YouTube yeah, conspiracy totally. theory rabbit holes, like man, <laughs> sometimes yeah. sometimes you just them. end up in some weird section of YouTube and you're like, how the fuck did I even get here? I don't know why it's three a.m. I don't know why this video is so funny. And then the next day you wake up and you try to show it to your wife and she's looking at you like this isn't funny and you're thinking the same thing because it was three a.m. and that's the only reason it was funny. But I thought you were going to say you wake up and you're on a list. 
You know, that's true. You just don't know. it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm on lists. I'm on several. I know it. There's no, there's no chance I'm not on the list at this point. I think I've just got on this list in the last six months. Definitely. At least well, the last four by this point. I mean, what are you doing with your life? Really? You're, you're not doing something right. Yeah, you should strive to be on as many lists as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I, one more list that I want to check off is being fed guacamole by train set so uh matt do you oh, remember right. this yes, and if I you do. do i need to know where that happens so that we can make that happen one of these days oh my gosh so it's in raleigh what was the name of that place um i'll have to look it up i can tweet it at you after but Sweet. um yeah it was uh they had this little toy train that would bring your guacamole to the table it was amazing oh that's cool this is the coolest shit i've ever seen i mean oh yeah yeah i don't know what's better than that you know, being served chips. guacamole on a train with chips, a shot yeah. glass, a beer, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, coming on the freaking caboose, eh? You know? <laughs> Can you send my margarita that way? Yeah, right. Margarita, please. Maybe you know, they, maybe they started the that. Train and up as, the, as the courses of the meal, so you got your drink come out first, then you got the guacamole on the next car. Oh yeah, I'm going on the caboose though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times, man. Yeah, that place was good. great and good food too. Good. We're going to have to find that. So you said that was in North Carolina. So Dos Taquitos. Dos Taquitos. Dos Taquitos. That's easy. There was a, remember Mitch, when we were talking to Euclid and Tamara and they had that, that, that taco, uh, that that, like bar, the unlimited nacho can, or the all you can eat nachos. Yeah. It was a nacho bar. Yeah. That was also in, I don't remember if it was in Raleigh, but it was in North Carolina. It was in North Carolina. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. It sounds we like we're going to have did. to have a Mexican food ex, uh, expedition. In we actually did Carolina. a nacho bar when one of my kids graduated. My daughter graduated. We did a nacho bar. Nice. Up in the backyard, you know, it was, it was really cool. Um, good times. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. You believe it's already been an hour almost? Oh, I mean, no, I, I did hour. not. That was crazy. <laughs> it, it, it is. Goes fast. We, it goes fast. We, we go through this with every episode. It's like, oh, my God, we're already an hour and 15. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like. Wow, the time flies. Um, excellent conversation. We really enjoyed having you on the show. Yeah, totally. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun talking about this stuff. Definitely. Guys, if you haven't, go to, go check out Lolly. Um, Matt, you want to drop your URL real quick? Yeah, it's lolly.com, L-O-L-L-I.com. Awesome. There you go. Thanks for coming on the show, Matt. We appreciate yeah, it. It was a Thanks great time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, had a great yes, time. Sir, have, have a great evening. All right, you too. All right, bye-bye. You, you know how many I bit my tongue at least three times that my, my Deegan side was just screaming to get out. I bet like, it was. Nope, behave nope. yourself. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. This Keep is not clean. a late night podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing podcast. That was a lot of fun. You know, I, it's always nice to hear different perspectives. And, you know, as, as passionate as I am about the adoption, to hear valid argument as to why. Um, it shouldn't be spent or why people are, would be against it. It's cool. Right. Cause we're all entitled to that opinion. I mean, I don't might, might not necessarily agree with him on some things and vice versa, but that's, that's the beauty of being original. Right. And, and being our own people. Uh, right. Well, own, you know, like the logic that he used in that argument is, is valid kind of like all the way around in the different sides of the crypto space yeah. in the way that all of these aspects are important. So yeah, it's important that some people hold their crypto because if there's zero value to it, it's not going to do any good. Right. And at the same time, um, if people are out there using it, even if spending your Bitcoin as a direct act doesn't like improve Bitcoin in any way, 
um, you're getting it out there and you're actually getting that use in place. And you're, it's kind of like a proof of concept, if nothing else, this really can be used as stuff. And also when you're out there paying with crypto, people ask questions and it starts to spread the word and then you get more people into the space. And then some of those people start working on things and it's just a big circle, you know? Right. And at the same time, you have the people that are trading and then you, so that gives you the liquidity that you need to run the system. So it's, it's all a big ecosystem and, and we're sure. all a big part of this. And so, yeah, you know, I don't have a problem with it because it's, it's uh, valid in its own way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like to each his own, right? I, I, I don't sit there and go out and spend all my crypto, you know, but if I can, if I'm going to spend, I look at it like this, if I'm going to spend 50 bucks cash to go do something or put 50 bucks uh, on a credit card, right? Why not go to Coinbase, buy 50 bucks worth of Litecoin and then spend it? It's, yeah. it's, it's feeding the economy of cryptocurrencies, right? It's, it's using the currency. You're going to spend it anyways. So my point is, why not use the currency for what it's intended for? If you look at it in that aspect and you say, I'm going to spend this money regardless, right? And yeah, he's right. If, if you were just spending crypto, then you're not saving, you're not looking for the long picture, the, the, the long gain in the, in the long run, because it's going to be astronomical in price. But if you're going to spend the money anyway, why not buy the crypto and then spend the crypto? Yep. You, uh, you buy the fucking dip and then you hodl yeah. and then you spend it and then you buy the fucking dip again. Guess what? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what you keep rolling. Just keep it rolling. It's uh, make it a circle. Use your crypto, hold your crypto, trade your crypto, right. have a good time. Just don't do nothing with crypto, you know, do something. Right. Exactly. Be involved, yeah. be active, whether it's, uh, being part of a community and holding and just talking about stuff and spreading the word or it's trading or it's using it. I don't care. Just be active, you know, well be said. part of the space. Yes. Yes. I agree. Well said on that note, this has been a really good podcast. I I've enjoyed the time. Uh, and we were due. I, we needed a run of these things to, to get us back into the groove. I feel. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we uh, set aside, a week and a half to try and catch up on editing because we were, you know, focusing on getting the, the website wrapped up and a bunch of other things that we were working on. And, um, you know, then we had the work emergency happen where I basically took on two people's <laughs> jobs <laughs> overnight. And, uh, so then editing got held up and now we're, we're getting back on track. We're going to have some more episodes coming. Um, you're hearing this after the fact, but I'm going to be editing an episode right now and releasing it tonight. We're going to get, Noir coming out. So you are so lucky. I almost, I almost blew you up this morning on Twitter and said, so professor, wh which episode are we going to see today? <laughs> None. Sorry. None at all. <laughs> I've just died. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> had a rough week. You know what, dude? You fucking believe this shit. Tomorrow is Friday already. I seriously can't believe it because like, <sighs> I don't know. I just feel like it was the weekend and I was just, really struggling to finish the merch store <laughs> and right and, I'm and thinking now it's about saturday last... almost friday again like yeah and i'm thinking about the one podcast we just recently did and, and we said oh yeah we're gonna talk about the the charity portion of the battles the rap battles after the podcast and it never happened remember Oops. that we got to have a conversation yeah because i this is something i really think would be fun um it would be I mean, it would be fun. It would be entertaining. It would be beneficial to, to, um, to charities and it would, it would bring the community together in such a way that would just be 
Oh my God. I think it would be insane. Oh yeah. I, I've got some plans for it. Uh, I shouldn't say plans. I have some thoughts sure. that I think might be interesting. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, out of my ass kind of things, but some stuff that might be kind of fun. So let's talk about that. Definitely. We can talk about that after the show right. and yeah, let's see what we can do because I think, I think there's some, some good potential there. Sometimes and I think the, there's some good potential for interaction yes. uh, and to spread this thing. So, <laughs> and I think, you know, I think sometimes shooting from the hip, you get a better shot. Oh yeah. It's more, it's more, it's less calculated. Yeah. Um, more reflexive. Which makes it more exciting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Looking forward to that. I'm down with it. Let's do it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening today. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, thank you so much for your support. Thanks for following us on YouTube uh, and subscribing there. Um, and every chance you get, please leave us a, leave us a review. You know, it, it helps a lot. Um, and if you feel so inclined to throw a tip in the tip jar, sweet. That'll just help, help things keep moving forward for us. Uh, there's been a lot of activity with that actually lately. And I big shout out to, uh, well, Clint Westwood today had a, um, had a giveaway. He did a little questionnaire or a little, uh, trivia game. And the winner received some whatever, I think it was Litecoin or Bitcoin or whatever the, the prize was. It, would, it could have been any of them. And it just so happened, Polly P won it and then said, well, I want to donate it to the campfire. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, so a big shout out to Polly P, big shout out to, to Clint Westwood and everybody else um, that supports this project for us and supports the, the podcast. It's seriously amazing. It's humbling every day. You guys are the best. We love the shit out of you. I seriously, I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, every day I'm blown away by the support, whether it's tip logs or whether it's the retweets or the positive words or, or the merch store you know, guys, buying the smiley faces, the <laughs> right? People buying shit from the merch. I mean, it's crazy and it's so exciting. It's so, it's so uh, inspiring to keep putting out content and, keep going at this and, and kicking ass and bringing you guys fresh stuff. So mm -hmm. we, we love it and we appreciate it. Really. We really do. Hell yeah. So uh, real quick before we, before we actually leave, cause we were going to leave, but before we do, I went into the office today where I used to work, right. Um, uh, the, the headquarters of the construction company I worked for. And, you know, I walked in and a couple of guys were like, Hey, it's the crypto campfire. I said, yeah, speaking of that, I said, we, we, we got a merch store now. I expect to come in here and see all you guys wearing damn t-shirts next time I come in. I said, we have a special <laughs> run until Saturday. So if you go spend 99 bucks, you get $20, $20 off. Or was it 20 or 20%? Anyways, 20 bucks. I, I said, you get 20 off. So gather together and go buy shit. <laughs> I said, because I want to see some support coming from you guys. So that was, that was <laughs> funny, you know. Um, so let's see what happens there. If I, if I go back into the office and actually see people with campfire t-shirts on, I'm going to start snapping pictures and blow that shit up. That would be sick. Oh yeah. That would be sick. <laughs> I'm uh I'm looking forward to a long relationship with Brinker. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Exactly. Well, that wasn't subtle. Was it? For, I think it for, was. for you longer, yeah. <laughs> a longer relationship. Yeah, right. Longer 26 <laughs> years. Uh, yeah. We'll keep it going. So anyways, guys, have a good evening. We'll talk to you soon. You guys take it easy. Peace.